Welcome to the SBS podcast sponsored by Zwift. It was famously used by Matt Heyman to prepare for his victory at Paris-Roubaix. You can use it too for your own goals. Visit Zwift.com to learn how to join the digital peloton today. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast for another look at the world of cycling for the last fortnight. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast from our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral, or schedule a ride with our lovely friends at Zwift. Joining me in the studio, we said last time he was part of the furniture, he definitely is... Dave McKenzie, how much? Well, uh, um, yeah, hi. And look, I will say it's nice to be part of the furniture, but I understand this furniture <laughs> is moving out. So I hope I get to stay or, you know, I'll, yeah, let, yeah. I'll let you explain that in a moment. Good well, to be here. Slight, slight uh, inside joke, but this is the last time we're recording uh, a podcast in this studio ever after 15 years in those studios uh, and a long time for the Cycling Central podcast to be in those studios. We are moving up. To a, a new premises, uh, a new studio, so that's a bit emotional. We are the last one to do it. Champagne, I'm, I'm sure you've got it in the esky, just ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, joining us from Zwift is Wes Salzberger. Hi, Wes. Hi, Christophe. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Uh, we have a, a lot to go through this week. Uh, the season has definitely started. Uh, it was on SBS, Paris-Nice and the time of the Colombians. Yes, it certainly was. And Egan Bernal, I mean, people are saying how many tours already is he going to win, which is, you know, I don't buy into that. But we've seen how good he is, Wes, haven't we? He's, he's an exceptional talent and he's so young. Because we and keep saying he's the future of Sky or the new yeah, team. Well, what, yeah. He's also the present. Yeah, he is. I mean, I mean, could he? He won't be team leader at Tour de Yet. France this year, but he's a pretty good plan C when you think of Froome <laughs> and last year's winner, Garrett Thomas, isn't he? Absolutely, yeah. He's certainly showing his strength at such a young age as well. So it's going to be really, really exciting. And, and like you say, Macker, it's you know you you can you can slap him on a on you know, on a Grand Tour podium now, but uh, I I don't think that uh, they will do that to him. But he is a great um, great asset to have there for a backup, that's for sure. Mm. In terms of the um, his recovery, because he had a massive crash earlier on uh, or later on last year uh, with a lot of face injury, um, he seems back like he's back. Of course he is. He's back to full strength and. I think we can't be remiss of us not to mention as well Quintana had a yeah. good pair nice. That's and why we mentioned the Colombians. because uh, Yeah, and I want to see Quintana. I, I feel like there's, un, there's certainly unfinished business for him, I think, at Tour de France. He's won the Giro d'Italia. We've seen how good he is. And he hasn't been at his best, I don't think, the last couple of years. I think he's raced a little bit tired even. Um, so I want to see Quintana, you know, just focus hopefully on just the Tour de France or at least one Grand Tour because I think we're yet to see the pinnacle of his career. You really think so? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think he's still, he should, I mean, we cast our minds back to that Giro d'Italia that he won that year. I mean, mm. atrocious conditions over the Stelvio when he rode away from everyone. I mean, he was... Super you know, aggressive yeah, as well. We, have, we haven't seen that aggressiveness from him since then really, have we? And he's, in fact, he's been criticised mm. for sitting on now... Mm. He's been, he's been criticised to like a lot of talk and not, yeah. not much on the uh, Yeah, delivery. I think people with not a lot of uh, – <laughs> who probably haven't thrown the leg over and pinned a number on before are mm -hmm. the ones criticising. You know, when you're trying to sit on, you know, whatever watts up a climb behind Froome and Thomas, you're silly if you do attack. So, 
but he, he has raced tired, I think. So I think because uh, we don't know much about his preparation before the before the Tour de France, we he goes to Colombia, and then mm. we don't really know exactly what Preps is doing. Yeah, uh, should that change? Do you think? Well, at some yeah, at some do point, do we have the right to, to know? <laughs> yeah, they've got to assess it, don't they? They've got to work out. I mean, didn't he do two Grand Tours? Was it last year or the year before? You know, and I just thought he was a bit. He was he was overdone. He was overcooked. So um, if if you want to win the Tour de France, I think you've got to stick to one. I mean, Chris Froome. Well, he did. Yeah. yeah. He won the Giro, but he didn't win the Tour. Absolutely. So there's almost proof from the the world's we can call him the world's best Grand Tour rider at the moment, and he, he still couldn't nail the Tour, could he? Uh, one good news though from Paris, Jack Haig. Yes. Uh, just on the on the on the fourth step of uh, of this podium, uh, if there was fourth step on the podium, yeah, uh, he's just outside this podium. But that, that's a great news because what a, what a performance from Shaq. Yes, we talk about the winners, but gee, and just off the podium, you can almost sort of brush over it. So well done, bringing that up. He's how far can he go, Wes? We don't. I never like to call them early, but. We, we, we have to talk about we've Jack. Been, we've been talking about Jack Haig at every Grand Tour, pretty much. Yeah, I remember last year, when I came in on the podcast, we were talking about yeah. Jack then. So, yeah, he's, he's and he's certainly been so consistent uh, and been a, been a great asset for, for the team. So, yeah, I think, yeah, it's hard, it's hard, to, hard to say, you know, fourth in a... In a, you know, in a, in a one a week or nine-day stage race. Nine-day yeah. stage race. Um, you know, can he transition further than that? Uh, at this stage, I'd say, yeah, he'll, he'll be just be focusing again on those week-long sort of uh, tours and then go from there to step up. Um, it, again, it's like it's it, you can you can forecast all these sorts of things, on, especially a young rider like that. Um, but at the moment, they should should just sort of harness that and really focus in and not keep his head head on the ground and his feet on the ground as well. He, and he, I don't know him that well, but I've only chatted to him a couple of times. But from what I understand, he's got... A, Bloody good head on the shoulders. The yeah. feet are firmly yeah. planted. Yeah. He goes about his business. He he stayed in Europe, I think, one off-season, which shows that he's not, you know, we still get it nowadays, even though the world's got smaller. Mm. Homesickness, you know, riders want to come home. They sort of struggle sometimes adapting to the European lifestyle. So he seems to fit yeah. that mould, doesn't he, which he, is exciting. Yeah, he's definitely invested in, in it. So, mm. um, yeah, I hope to see him. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll fly my second flag as well, Roman Bardet, fifth. Uh, I have to mention him. I didn't say that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I missed that one. Yeah, we missed that, mate. Sorry. <laughs> this, is why I'm, this is why I'm bringing it up. <laughs> no, it's, he's going well. He's going well. What a, you know, I'll, I'll confess, and because I did look at some of the time trial results, and let's if we can just quickly talk about the time trial as well. How was his time trial in Bardet's? On I a have serious no, idea. Note. <laughs> no, I don't know either. But uh, Yates, yeah, won the TT in Paris. Yep. His first time trial win. That was a big. That was a big result. And the result, you might say, well, it doesn't mean much. Chavez was fourteenth in that TT. So that, that's that's a result. That's himself. a big result yeah. for him because that's been his big Achilles heel. Yates, I wouldn't say it's been an Achilles heel. But he's predominantly he's a climber. That's how, how we know both of the Yates boys. So to win a TT uh, was was big for Mitchell and Scott. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's move on to uh, other races uh, that we had uh, over the, the, the last week. The Tirreno Adriatico. Uh, excuse my accent. No, very uh, good. <laughs> uh, Roglic, Roglic, Roglic delivers again. We like him by one second yeah. over the other Yates. But that, that's what you need. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's good. One second, did it in the final time trial. It was a really short time trial, like 10 kilometres or something. So it was almost, 
you'd class it almost really as a prologue these days. Um, yeah, he's We, we remember the Lemon, uh, the Greg Lemon, Laurent Fignon, eight seconds to win the Tour de France. Mm. Uh, one second is super tight. <laughs> yeah, one second. So it's still not a world record, though, in tours. I think Tour Down Under holds that 12 months ago, it was less than a second. <laughs> Uh, it was in the hundreds of a second. Yeah, it was ridiculous. One time with Carl Menzies and Elminger from, uh, I think it was AG2R then, it was, it was like down to the seconds there yeah. as well. It was really close. Yeah, that's true. Um, and another mention from Tirreno, Simon Clark. He had a great ride there. Mm. He was eighth overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was that's ninth brilliant. with the TT. Trial. Yeah, with the time trial. He, yeah, it was, it was the ninth in the hilltop finish stage yeah. and then in the TT moved up one more spot. Yeah, so, for a guy so, who's... He's, uh, I mean, and I'd say this with, you'll know what I mean by it. He can't sprint, he can't climb, he can't time trial, but he's pretty damn good at all three. And he obviously he's got that much experience in his head and the, the more he keeps racing, the more he becomes one of the most experienced riders in the peloton. He's, he's dragging, he's squeezing the most out of his career, isn't he? Absolutely. And, you know, Simon, you know, going through the RS with him, um, his professionalism hasn't changed all the way through. And now he's just, he reminds me of how he goes about things and how he's quite targeted. Uh, you know, when he goes into a race, he, he looks through, straight away looks at the, at, the, at the Bible, picks out his moments in that. And also with him, uh, you know, being the, the team captain role, but he's showing that he, he, he can offer more than that. And, um, you know, and picking up World Tour points, um, you know, top 10 finishes in, uh, in World Tour races. Um, yeah, it's pretty impressive. So it's great to see him keep going with things. It is. And I'll, I'll throw Curly out there. And it's a real, you know, outsider. He's the type of guy... That could win a monument. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, because he'll he'll chip away. He'll get in the early move one day, yeah. and he'll he'll win a big one. He'll yeah. really win a big one. Now which one? Which, that, one? which one? If you had to select one, like which one would? Oh, you gee, it's a tough one, isn't it? He, he won't ride. He won't ride Paris Bay. I wouldn't imagine. So eliminate that. Milan San Remo. Jeez, you you can't. I think there's anything can happen at MSR. You see sprinters win. You see climbers win. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's what the beauty a beauty of cycling. What a segue. What a segue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yes. You're almost a, pre- uh, a professional. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Didn't even mean you. it. <laughs> uh, Milan Sorimo. It's happening this weekend, this Sunday. Uh, it's going to be an interesting race because there is some pedigree on the, on that race. There is. Yeah. What? Like there's How many? A lot you did a few? Around. Yeah. Uh, uh, three times. Yeah. 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 It's a bloody long race. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long one. Yeah. Do you think it's changed much since you raced it? It has a has a um, you know evolved a bit. I mean, I had, I never raced the edition with that you know horrible snow and that that time they had it. You know, only one only people that finished we had you know gabber jackets on. Um, so yeah, it, it has evolved and changed changed a bit to when to when I raced it. Um, it was very aggressive the first hour and then we cruised along and then reeled up reel the brake back in but now we're seeing like especially on the Poggio and Suppressor those really you know it, there really is a chance for a brake to stay over those climbs where. When the additions I raced it, it was sort of just all, you know, the team sort of motored down those brakes, shut down really quick, where now we're seeing a little bit more aggressiveness on the suppressor and the Poggio. Yeah, and the finish is slightly closer um, after the climb too, I think, isn't it? Just yeah. in the last few years, which gives the climbers, well, someone like Nibbly, mm. attacked over the top, descends better than just about anyone in the peloton. Mm. Hung on by what a second. Yeah. Before we start talking about who's going to start, uh, who is not starting, Mark Cavendish is not starting. Uh, is that a surprise? And is he cooked? Um, I guess it's a, you got to say it's a little bit of a surprise. I mean, let's 
let's to pay respect, you would have thought he would have been there. Why isn't he there? Do we know? No, no. Just, so he just he, hasn't he been has, selected. He hasn't been selected by the team. Yeah. Well, he's he's getting into the vintage. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's time to pop the cork. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah. So he, yeah, he is at the end of his career. So. Um, yeah. No, yeah. It's not not so much of a surprise then. No, I guess Maybe not. not. Yeah, I guess not. Yep. Nothing surprises you, Mike. No, no, you know, you've got to roll the punches, cam, don't you? Ca- cam cool and collected. Can who? Cam cool and collected. You're cam cool and collected. <laughs> yes, yes. I hadn't heard of that bloke. No, yeah, yeah. Was, it was the French accent coming in. I was like, who's, who's cool cam collected? <laughs> um, All right, okay, stop. <laughs> uh, who's going to win? Uh, Milan Sarimo. Who's, who's there? It? All right, I'm going to reel off a bunch of names and then both of you pick one or pick another one that I haven't mentioned. Alaphilippe, Viviani, Caleb Ewan, Matthews, Nibali, Sagan, DeMar, Gronavagan, Trentin, Degenkolb, Christoph. A few past winners in there as well. Yeah, I'm going to go Alaphilippe because obvious reasons, but also because he's, he's such a good shape at the minute mm. in his head and in his body. Good pick, Wes. Yeah, well, I'd like to see uh, Gilbert. It's the uh, last monument he's got to chip tick off, so he'll be definitely hungry for it. So he's won four. Mm. He's won four. He's got one to go. Will he be? I wish I'd done my stats. Yeah. Has anyone else done this? I don't. Oh, know. You think back to Eddie Merckx in modern era. Mm. No way. That's incredible. Yeah. So to do it in this era mm. is, of yeah. course, he won his first monument quite a while ago. But and uh, you come back to the Tour de France last year. He did his knee in a mm. in a very uh, ultimate manner. You know, yes. When he went through that uh, that ravine, uh, so he's recovered well. Yeah, he's yeah, there. yeah. He's he no, he's, a, he's and he's going well. I mean, we just saw in the last couple of races, he's, his form's good. So, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. In other news, uh, let's move on. Uh, Sky, he, there was a limit to that Sky because uh, that team is uh, gone as we know it. Ineos. Well, the sponsors gone. Yeah, sponsors gone. Same owners. Yeah, but what, what I'm saying is like, that it's it, there's a big change. We, mm. I've been referring to Sky for a long time, uh, so we'll have to change our little notes uh, when yep. we go around. But um, what does that change? Probably well, <laughs> does that change anything? That's a question. No, <laughs> I don't think so. But I'll, I'll, I'll digress slightly. And you know what? I'll, I, I was nearly not going to mention this, but I think it actually does need to be mentioned. Remember last year they had save the save the world with the Orca yeah, Wales the on Wales, the back of the jersey. Yeah. Ineos is one of the world's biggest non biodegradable plastics suppliers interesting so that's the new sponsor <laughs> now sometimes i say oh, come on all all media outlets all they want to do is look at the negative sides but we can't hide from that no now i'm not saying if i was in that position if i was dave brailsford i'd make the same decision if you're fighting to keep a team alive and he, he needs he needs 20 to 30 million pounds a year you know give or take uh change i'd do the same thing so i'm not trying to take the high ground and say oh that's terrible but it is quite ironic, isn't it? When you think about it, I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's yeah. and how are they going to answer that? Because it's already been on some of the websites. That's where I first saw it, and at first I thought, oh, come on, guys, leave them alone. You know, mm-hmm. all you're doing is just jabbing at them yeah. because you know when you're the top dog, you get picked on all the time. But it, it is a. But do we know much about the colours? Do we know much about what? It'll the, be green. It'll be green. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, they'll try and combat it. Oh, gee, now, have we know. seen anything? Around? No, oh, no. no. We uh, what we've heard is that Tour de Yorkshire, I think, will be there. So Tour de Yorkshire will uh, be their first race in new colours. Yeah. So post post TDF. Yeah. There you Not go. Quite, are you sure? Or is it before? 
Gee, we know a lot about this sport, don't we? You and I. <laughs> no, actually, you're near, you're near, no, they're taking over soon. Is it May? It's t- oh, but Tour de Yorkshire is the first race. I'm yeah. pretty sure in May. Yeah, it's yeah. May yeah. Tour de Yorkshire. Is, there you go. The one yeah, you're yeah, on. So it. it's before the Tour de France. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Of course it is. Yep. Uh, I think meant pre-Tour de France. Yes. Said post. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I did. yeah. Not willing to correct your English, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so that doesn't change anything for the team. It'll be the no, same. It'll be the same. Nothing will change. You wouldn't imagine. Could, could we? Could we? I mean, there's a good article on Cycling Central uh, talking about the fair, the financial fairness of this. What? Was it an opportunity where maybe UCI or any other body could have stamped down on how much money is actually spent on on a team? Was it the time, or are we just carrying on with? The way, it's the way a, it I think it's a tricky one, and I don't think that time is here no. now. I, I I totally agree. They're dominating, and they're dominating because they've got a, a big budget and everything. Other teams have to think of the the money ball scenario, mm. you know, you've got to be smart with your recruiting and smart with your tactics and, and find a way. Cause I, I always like to think there, there is a way, yeah. you know, there, and I know is... with science and everything, what do you think? Whereas you've, you've but... come through a couple of generations of racing mm. and now you're at the other side and maybe already sitting on the other side of the fence, me more so, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit are... naive, but I still like to think there's a way you can beat a team like Sky. Because there are ways for uh, there are talks about them increasing their budget as well, getting probably spending, yeah spending even more than Sky did. Well, this is this is a time in our sport mm. where it's, it's still people... mold, it's still moldable now because it is evolving so quickly. Yeah, and and yeah, there needs to be parameters set there. Um, Do you think now though? Well, because because there's teams struggling, mm. so I understand. Yeah, they're at a disadvantage, but I think it, we're going through a period where in the next ten years it will be individuals who own companies with extremely deep pockets that will sponsor the sport. We've seen it already. Jerry Ryan, Andy Reese, the late Andy Reese, the legend of BMC. Um, there's been a few others. Ineos now and the owner, you know, it's one man that's that's got this passion for, for cycling. It, it's going sort of towards like Formula One or those sort of sports. I don't think that's a bad thing. We, we, need, the, we need as much money as we can get. Mm-hmm. Um, In the sport. At some point they've got to cap it though, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the Para World Championship you want yes. to talk about is very important moment because the Aussies are doing extremely well, done extremely well. Yeah, they've done they've done an awesome job. And look, I'll be honest, I I I guess found out a lot more about paracycling and the athletes um, sort of one to two years ago covering them at the national champs. Uh, they've they've brought them in with the elites, um, able-bodied athletes in Ballarat for the road nationals. And they've had one of their biggest medal hauls, nine golds, 17 medals in total. And just a couple of the stories, uh, Paige Greco, she won two world championships, two world records. She's crossed over into cycling in the last 12 months. She, I think, formerly come from athletics. Um, And some of the injuries and disabilities that they've either been born with or that they've had in their you know recent lives some of these people they're they're very inspirational and um, it's not until you I guess read up more about them and they've got some great people behind them you may or may not know some of these names where's Peter Day uh, who's stepped down but he was involved heavily and he helped set up the program Warren McDonald's now the technical director he used to be the women's national uh, team coach and Cameron Jennings who is a former rider and he's moved into a role there as well. So I just wanted to give them a lot of kudos and well done. This was a track world champs in Appledorn yeah. just sort of a week or two ago, but they 
brilliant performances by all of them. And also, uh, there was, was a good move from UCI sometime a couple of weeks ago, where they've announced that the um, the world champion, the para world champion, will be at some point held in Zurich, uh, which is basically close to where the UCI is based. So they are bringing those games home closer to to, to where they are. So maybe owning them a bit more. Yeah, yeah, and and it's good. And I think, look, I think it's been a push, probably firstly and foremost from you know some real prominent para athletes who have just said, hey, come on, we're just normal people. Yeah, we've got an injury or we've got a disability, but, you know, we're just doing our thing and like you are, and and they're right. And um, and I think that that's then sort of escalated, you know, up the ranks. And we're going through a time where, you know, equality is, is, is a real issue, um, you know, across the board. So, no, it's good. And I think we need to talk about them more. Um, you, know, well, you know, I guess the problem for all of us who work in the sport I don't talk about them enough because mm-hmm. I don't c- get to cover uh, their events enough or, 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 you know, that much throughout the year once or twice. That's it. Uh, so I'd happily cover, you know, some of their events more. But I think the more we can mention it, um, yeah, the, the more publicity they'll get. Absolutely. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, Paris-Roubaix as well because it's one of the, the, the big classics that are, are still to, to happen and it's happening quite relatively soon. Um, Taffy. What a story, 50 plus? 52. 52. Uh, he's just done his uh, collarbone. He's done his collarbone. <laughs> this is, a, this is, is, is that the last call? Do you think he's, he's not going to raise that pyro? Well, he's... He struggled to find a team and then he now he's done the collarbone. He found a team, he's, he's found found done the collarbone. The old reactions would be just a little bit slower, I reckon, Wes, don't you think, at 52? 52, yeah, it's... um, Yeah. It's, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. There was a there was a funny tweet then from from uh, Matthew Heman uh, because he mentioned that there's never he's got this story we know with Swift uh, <laughs> and he actually mentioned it's never too late. There's always time. Yeah, well, when, when I heard that, I was just thinking, yep, there is always time. And I did did see that tweet just off from Matthew Heman. So that's a beauty. <laughs> but he's he's right. He yeah. proved it, <laughs> didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Because I heard this. It's, someone else mentioned it to me, and they said, "Oh, that's it. He's throwing the towel yeah. in." And I said, Matthew "Well, he's Heyman. got time. Yeah, he's got time." <laughs> yeah. And he goes, yeah, Matt Heyman was a little bit younger though. And I said, yeah, that's true. So do you think he's not going to raise? He's no, not going to raise Spiral Bear? No, I don't think so. But I don't no. think so. Okay. Uh, another one I want to talk about. We are learning a bit more about the Tour de France 2020. So not this year, but the Mate, next year. Mate, settle down. We're not even on the plane yet. Have you been told you're going? I, have I don't been even told know. You've been told you're going. Seriously? Actually, Come I'm on. actually I'm going with you. I'm talking with you. <laughs> what? I don't know this. 45B and C. Ah, right. Uh, now, it's, I just wanted to mention it because it's, it's, a, it's a grand départ, and a big start, a grand départ from Nice, uh, which is uh, so quite interesting. Uh, but also, it goes up the mountain straight away. Well, that's awesome because, uh, from what I understand, the SBS Learjet does direct daily flights into Nice, so yep. that's good. We'll have a clear <laughs> connection. Um, but that is good. That's exciting. That's I'll be up. interested to see how hard this, these first couple of stages are. Yeah, you lived around there, Wes. Yeah, I did a training camp one time with Simon Clark up at uh, Isla du Mille, and there's just behind that, there's uh, Cold Bonnet, which is 2,800 metres if you go over that pass. And they have... Come, went over that pass before in the Tour de France um, previously, and I think possibly Paris Nice. I think I think it had one edition of Paris Nice has, yeah. has had it as well. Yeah, I couldn't make it up there when I went when I went, tried to ride through. It was all snowed in, but uh, wow! But it, it's a brutal, brutal climb and quite a quite a long one. And there's, I mean, yeah. And if you haven't 
for our listeners who haven't been to that part of the world, you go inland out of Nice, Monaco, that area, it's mountains. Oh, yeah, it's just straight up. Yeah, yeah there's just lots of little little goat tracks. Yeah. So it's there. probably not the, the highest they will go for the tour. Absolutely not. They're not going to no. start straight away for the Imagine highest. Imagine that tour over day one. Jeez, <laughs> 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 we'd all pack up and go home, lie on the beach for three weeks. Start in Bantu. Grand départ in Bantu. Anything else, guys? I think there are a couple. Of, yes, there are. Yeah, I've got one, a couple of things. One thing that I'd love to mention, Jonathan Clark, guy from Melbourne. He's had a pro career of about 10 years, sort of a second-tier rider, um, sort of Division Two teams, raced in the States a lot. Team folded last year. He found a team to race this year. He has just won the Tour of Taiwan, his first UCI victory. He won a stage early on. I think it was stage three. And I saw a little interview, a uh, big prominent family in the Melbourne and Victorian cycling scene. His father was a cyclist, brothers as well. So he's had his first win at 34 and then he went on to win the, the tour overall. So uh, well done to Johnny Clark. Um, Absolutely. Perseverance, eh? Pays off. Absolutely. Yeah. And Johnny, yeah, Johnny was very consistent. I went through the AOS program with Johnny. So yeah, I know him quite well. So it was really cool to see him uh, up on the podium there. Yeah, it was and one other thing, the women's uh, racing as well soon. That's all going bonkers. They've had quite a few of the races that double up with the men's, the Omloop, Het Newsblood. Strata Bianca. Strata Bianca. Ronda Van Drenthe is a, is a World Cup for the women. The men have a, a race as well, but it's not, it's not World Cup. The Aussies, they've had mixed results, nothing huge, but they've been, they've been in there battling on. Van Vlerten won, did she, no, she won Strata Bianca. I was about to say she won Omloop. She was fourth there. She won Strata Bianca for Mitchell and Scott. So the Australian team having a good result. The Aussies in Van, in Ronda Van Drenthe, the Cromwell 13th, Roy and Hosking top 20. So they're there or thereabouts. Amanda Spratt actually had a crash. I think it was in Strata Bianca, hit her head. Uh, quite yeah, nastily. Yeah, a little bit of concussion, I think. She had a few days off. She said she's all fine and she, she's about to do her next race again. Mm -hmm. So uh, anyway, so I'm sure we'll follow more of the women's uh, racing as a as it progresses. Absolutely. And then one last thing. Uh, next thing on SBS is Tour of Catalonia. Uh, that's always an interesting race. Um, any thought on this race coming up? Richie Port. Catalonia? I think he's doing Catalonia because he pulled out of um, Paris Nice, didn't he? Mm -hmm. And so I think he switched his program. So it will be very interesting. Yeah. I think I think we we almost need to see something from Richie. Uh, Do you think? Uh, for his head. It's as well. early. Yeah, oh, I'd say he, more for his head. More for his head, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah hopefully um Coon's there with him as well. Um, yeah, keeping him keep him uh, motivated as well mentally is the main thing for Richie because um yeah, it just it just be so nice for him just to have some sort of result there, even if it's not the win. Um, but just being up around there in the pointy end would be good for Richie for overall for his head. Being a, a Tassie native, and you, just when you say that, because I've been on that a little bit as well, mm. I think physically he can win the Tour de France. Yeah, physically he's yeah. got it. I think he needs that two percent, and yeah. it's that mental capacity. And I don't mean it in a negative sense, but I think you've got to tick all those boxes. Has he got the right team? to help him take him to the tour to win it? I hope so. He's got, he's got you know, having, um, you know, having the right team is, is crucial. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see, but um, certainly from, from the outside, um, he, he looks to be happy, but he mm. just, again, I think he'll be happier once that's confirmed with some sort of result. Mm. Um, and then that can sort of, I guess, progress forward. But from here now, 
it's hard to say whether whether he's in the right team or not. Yeah. And, and we'll soon see him pretty pretty much after Catalonia. We'll know with his, with his form and and how he how he reacts. Yeah. And in terms of strategy, how how early before the Tour de France do you think they start to strategize on let's let's face it, how they can they beat Sky and their top three? They would have started. Oh, they would have. Started. Oh, I, I, would, I would imagine the team. The team yeah. once Richie had signed. Yeah. The team would have already been. That's it. That's got to be mm-hmm. their biggest goal, apart from. Obviously, all the other races throughout the year uh, to win I mean, the tour. It's, it's not comparable, but uh, Wollonga stage, Richie is the king of Wollonga. If he approaches the Tour de France like that and thinks he is that and has that mentality going forward, I can't see he, uh, unless you know something happens like crash, whatever like that. But if it, Richie takes that mentality with him through to a grand tour, you know, what can happen? That's uh, what I think. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I've lost my train of thought. But yeah, I was going to. That's oh, I, I know what it is. <laughs> I know what, know what your train of thought was. Teardrop. It's the last one. Um, <laughs> are we, <laughs> we going to see uh, see you uh, pin the numbers on? No, I've already pinned them on. Oh, yeah, I've yes. pinned them on, <laughs> mate. I, I actually finished. I finished Wednesday, and yeah. you're right. Teardrop next week. Yeah. In yeah, there's all this other garbage we're talking about. But in real news, <laughs> thank you. Maca is racing. It is the last race, and I am. Um, I've had a top ten, and then I've most of the, most of the season though I've lasted ten laps. So look out. Yeah. You young. 18 year olds I'm coming to get you <laughs> so you already I'm an angry str- man <laughs> you already have your strategy in your head as well yes, exactly <laughs> anyway thanks for coming guys yeah, uh, so that was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast remember you can uh, download stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website sbs.com.au slash cycling central or schedule a ride with our friends at Zwift until the next episode it's bye for now quick shout out from our sponsor before we go if you're looking for a new way to ride without traffic or punches getting in your way pop on zwift we use it your cycling buddies probably use it and the pros they definitely use it zwift turned indoor training into a full-on gaming experience connect your pc mac or apple device and you'll pedal with thousands of cyclists around the world and there's a good chance you'll see a pro on there too Loads of them are on Zwift on their rest days riding around Wattopia. Give them a ride on if you see them. If you've got a trainer, start your free trial on Zwift.com.